Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah. Here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. Uh, my name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by... Daniel Wilcox with a D and a W. <laughs> and today, I think we're going to be talking about uh, writing quickly, publishing quickly, and... Uh, I get, we're, talking about, we're talking about comfort zones, uh, the myth of speed equals diminished quality... And I think the power of momentum. Oh, that's how I think. That's what I. That's what I think is happening. Then is that what's yeah. happening? Okay. Yeah, that's what I think is uh, <laughs> is is a general gist. It's a. I, th- I think it feels like a hot topic at the minute. I mean, it's been a hot topic for a while, but I feel like there's a bit more of a boom, a bit more of a, a focus on that kind of ethos. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Before all that, uh, we need to do. Actually, before we do the big whoops, we just need to do a bit of housekeeping. Um, you may have noticed the show has gone to. It was weekly. It's now uh, fortnightly. fortnightly. I was going to say bi-weekly. It's not. It's fortnightly. <laughs> um, just because in the last episode, you might have noticed we talked about maker time versus manager time. Right now, with us working as much as we are and trying to produce as much work as we're trying to produce this year, uh, we're trying to publish quickly and write quickly, as what we're talking about today um but we need to focus more on the maker time and as much as we enjoy doing this show it is more manager time i think yeah definitely. So, it's, it's a bit more of um I, I guess a luxury in a way and it's it's nothing to do with the fact that we don't like talking about what we're doing because i, I very much look forward to these every week um but yeah i think it's a case of priorities and i think it's a good balance of not having to sort of give up the show yeah full stop um because that's that's kind of the last thing we want to do it's it's nice to have these intervals where we can sort of discuss the topics that are current talk to some people and give you guys some some great advice yeah um yeah i mean we, we probably will go back to a weekly i think once we've got a bit more time when um, we're full-time when we're full-time <laughs> offers yeah but we'll go right. every day yeah that's I, the wilcox guarantee <laughs> <laughs> I, I would actually like to do some sort of daily show at some point, That'd not, be cool. I know. Um, I think Garrett like test daily, test daily, we'll, like the person. We'll do, yeah, we'll do a show on test daily every week. Test daily, day, the daily show with Tess. Yeah, starring Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. <laughs> do you not know who Test Daily is? Yeah, <laughs> she, I don't know what is she is. She hosting the Daily Show about herself. Is That's such could... a perfect show if if it was. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that sounds like a perfect show. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we should move on to the big whoops of the week. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? After you. I feel like I go first every week. Okay. It's always nice to go second every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess my uh, big whoop is The Drawing of the Three, which Ooh. is the second book in the Dark Tower series, uh, which... If you didn't know, it's the Stephen King famous series that are turning into a movie this year. We're going to try not to watch the movie. But um, so one of our ARC readers 
um, for They Rot is an Instagram user that Dan knows called uh, at Jobis89, J O B I S 89. And she's a, like a book blogger, uh, but more specifically, a bookstagrammer. So she has an Instagram account and she's reading every single book by Stephen King and blogging about it. And these books... Taking fantastic pictures. I, know, I, don't, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> so she's got like all these old paperbacks and hardbacks of Stephen King books. And she takes the most amazing pictures of these books. Um, and it's kind of made me appreciate... My voice is already starting to go. <clears throat> it's kind of made me are you, appreciate... Are you welling up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so beautiful, man. Uh, it's kind of made me appreciate like how beautiful print books are, or they can be. Uh, mm. So she's, she's got all these books out there. And I'm just looking through them all. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I read the first book of the Dark Tower series last year. I'm going to pick them back up. And uh, yeah, we were we were meant to read them together. We, well, we did to a degree. We read the first book, <laughs> and then I was like, "Yeah, this is okay." And I moved on to something else. Yeah, but, it's a very strange series. It's a very good series. Don't get me wrong; it's fantastic. It's just very different to his conventional stuff. Oh, it's weird as hell. Like the the first book is a sort of weird West fantasy type thing. And then this this book is like there's been a shootout with drug dealers in New York. It's now jumped back in time to the 1950s. Um, like it's sort of like the Black uh, Lives Movement and all this sort of stuff. It's such a crazy, crazy, crazy series. Um, it's, it's like the first book. There's a couple of scenes that give you a medicine spoon taste yeah. of sort of what the shifting realities are. And yeah. Then, yeah. Like oh, it's it's unbelievable, and um, it it jumps POVs a lot. Like every every other page, I find it's like jumping around. Um, but I'm really enjoying it, and I think I'm going to continue this time. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. So go check out that Instagram uh, user because her page is really really nice. Yeah, I've tried to take really nice pictures of books, and <laughs> it doesn't matter where I put them. You can still tell it's either the bathroom floor yeah. or just a piece of carpet with a book on it. Yeah, <laughs> she has fairy lights. She has full collections. She has it's the pop figures with them that I really like. Yeah, I might. I, I really liked. She had a Funko Pop figure of uh, uh, the It Clown. I think it was Pennywise. Pennywise. Yeah, and I, I thought that looks really cool. I really want that actually. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, my big whoop. Um, I I guess it's going to be kind of bouncing off of our mini announcement that we snuck in between um the rest of what we spoke about last week, which was the fact that our book is out. Um. Yeah, they rot officially everything is submitted now. All the papers are down and on CreateSpace and KDP and ready to go. And it's very exciting. And it's also a massive weight off my mind because yeah. I always forget in formatting your own books. I know that um a lot of people kind of streamline the process through Scrivener, but I find that I'm a bit of um I get a bit uh, I don't know, controlling when it comes to formatting and making things look beautiful and i've seen sort of um mistakes in some indie authors books that i just want to avoid so i kind of painstakingly go through and and try and make the effort to make the books look as nice as possible on on print and kindle um so i always forget there's that extra heavy workload for a couple of days after something is finished before it goes um i'm glad you're doing that because i hate doing that kind of stuff um yeah but like uh I know we were on about using vellum at some point, but it's so mm. expensive for for us right now. Um, it'd be nice to move to that. It would speed up that process. But you are good at being pinnickety <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with like uh, that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So I think you're the perfect person to do it. It's it's kind of, um, I don't know, I guess a blessing and a curse in a way, because I know uh, from experience that one of the things it sells is having something that looks professional. And if you're going to put out your own work, just do your damnedest to make it look like the pros do. And then people will, there's, there's like a mental thing. If I read a book, I read one the other day, I can't remember what it was now. Um, but it was even so much as the text wasn't justified. So it wasn't even on both sides of the page. It was yeah. aligned left. So it was straight on one edge and then jaggedy on the other. And it just really threw me off. And I'm not sure if that's just because I'm used to seeing that stuff and picking up on that stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's something where I was just like, this isn't professionally produced. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Like I said, I'm glad you're doing it. Cause uh, <laughs> no, no, I just get a bit um, fed up with that, that, that side of it. <laughs> Yeah. Very, very well, quickly. The thing is, it doesn't take too long, to be fair, especially once you know what you're doing. It's just more of a case of there's something that happens on CreateSpace and, and KDP where you upload the file. And yeah. one, it takes five minutes before it uploads to give you your preview. But then weird things just start happening. Um, you can have everything look perfect on a, on a, a Word document or however however you lay it out but the minute you put it onto kdp it suddenly goes oh we're gonna add an extra blank page oh this is missing oh this is in the wrong place and yeah, yeah it's it's fun but um yeah so that's kind of uh my my big whoop is the fact that You're that's collected. all done <laughs> okay then it's done <laughs> that i'm anal <laughs> <laughs> um does vellum fix those issues with the uh the adding extra pages and stuff i was, was under yeah, the impression that that it was that it was good at that sort of thing um yeah. Yeah, so... I, I, know, I know what it is that does it now. I've figured it out, but it just takes its time. Yeah. Um, I've, I think one thing I've sort of figured out that I like to do recently, it's because I'm doing a lot of, is copywriting. But not copywriting in terms of um, uh, for other people, for products and stuff, but for, for us. Because I've been doing a lot of it. So I've been doing a lot. I wrote the campaign page for El Marvo Kickstarter campaign that we're doing. It looks uh, fantastic. Done a lot of like sales, emails, and, and uh, campaign updates in preparation for February, so it's all done. And I just enjoy just writing in that sort of uh, flippant way. It's <laughs> like very smart, Alex sort of way. It, yeah, it's kind of it's got an edge of cheeky. It's a bit conversational. Um, and to be fair, that was one of the things that when I first um, kind of came on board with Paul and Cleaver was that even just looking at the about page on the website. I'm pretty sure you wrote that. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, did, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of wacky in a. I don't know. It's almost like it's patting you over the head and going, "You're a moron," but in the nice, <laughs> yeah. but in the nicest possible way. Well, what it is, what, the way I, say, I think it is that it's definitely talking down, but at the same time, it doesn't realize how stupid it's being. Like <laughs> I, I know as I'm writing it that like it's sort of a character act in itself. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It's like Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean thinks he's clever, but he's like if you see him from like an extra dimension of you know he's being an absolute fool yeah yeah no it's um it's really really good it's it's kind of i think um you touched on it briefly with uh ben when you were talking about sort of the hnc branding i think that's one of the things that people like is that kind of cheekiness that um it's not it's not your conventional you know this is a product and we're going to try and sell it to you it's just a bit more like hey guys how's it going and yeah just yeah a bit more stupid but yeah it's cool i guess it's because we're like uh uh independent publishers you can do stuff like this like if like penguin or random house isn't going to be talking <laughs> to people like that um yeah. yeah okay so um i guess 
I mean, what what brought all this up? This the hot topic of uh, writing quickly and publishing quickly. Is it Michael Underlay and his Facebook group? I think that's been a bit of um, a resurgence. So yeah, the Facebook group, um, <clears throat> twenty books to fifty k, um, which I believe started probably about a year ago, mm. um, and kind of had a bit of a, a slow uptake, and has now sort of reached four hundred, uh, four thousand uh, independent authors and the like. Um, and yeah, there just seems to be well one of one of the big core elements of being an independent author, as it seems to be, and has kind of proven to be, is um, efficiency um, and just building up your catalog and making sure that you've got enough books out there that if someone finds you and they like you, there's more they can go on. Um, and it's kind of it's almost a proven mathematical formula that, that the more books you have the more gateways you have into your yeah. author business, so the more income you're kind of exposing yourself to bringing in. Um, but I think the the key thing is the key thing that I found with this topic is that balance between um, creating a quality product that you're proud of and that you know that your audience is going to love. Yeah. And um, this word minimum or this phrase minimum viable product, yeah, which so- I think is kind of interesting to talk about. Well, that's um. <laughs> that's like a, a business term especially like in like online sales um the idea of like a lot of people uh who put together online products more non-fiction like the courses and stuff like that they will put together a, a minimum viable product in the sense of they will make um a series of emails or something that will later become a course and they'll sell that for ten ten dollars or whatever just to see what the uptake is like how how many people what's the conversion rate is it worth putting more into and um and i think the 20 books 50k group um are and this is like what we say here we're not knocking them in any sense yeah 100 percent. we'll put a disclaimer that at the end of the day people um approach the author business however they want and we're never going to knock other people's methods yeah and some of those people are like having insane success so Doing fantastic, you know, like yeah, unbelievable, like a hundred k business offer businesses that they're raking in. That that's amazing, but um, I I think that I don't know how sustainable that would be. I mean, for me and you, I think we want to tell stories that in in thirty years time we're going to be able to look back and we're going to be able to be incredibly proud of, of what we've done. Um, so I think for us, it, it's very much like finding a balance of. We know we want to write fast, we want to write efficient, and uh, but at the same time, we, we want to make sure we're writing good quality and we're packaging well as well and uh, doing the, 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 the best covers we can and the best uh, editing we can do for the time. And mm. I, I, I want it to be in 20, 30 years' time, I want there to be the equivalent of Instagram <laughs> to be like full <laughs> of like cool pictures our of our books. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that's the dream, isn't it? pop figures of Colin and wheat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is it worth kind of just outlining a little bit of, of the history of that kind of journey for um, yeah. Michael? Or do, or we do, do we think that's kind of not good for a podcast? Let's jump into it. I've already said it. Okay. Um, so for those who don't know, Michael Andalay is an independent author who um, I believe started writing at the beginning of last year. Um, might've been a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and basically ran along the premise of I'm going to write a book in 20, 20 odd days. I'm going to do just a quick sweep of editing, throw a cover on it, put it out there. If people like it, that, that they'll deal with that later. I'm just going to write another book. And 
by the end of last year wrote 20 books if i'm right i think that's the point of i know there's 20 books to reach 50k but he wrote i think he reached 50k though before the the, the 20 books yeah 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 so basically about this um idea of putting your work out there as quickly as possible um no looking back sort of blinkers on just get your stuff out there and your audience will find your books will find your work and then you can kind of always if you need to go back and shape and, and redo books once you've hit your success yeah he was also saying um i don't think he did this but he he's espousing to uh use it as a way to test the market so mm. if you put out uh he was saying to put out uh, a free book series free books of 20k this is his current advice anyway so whether or not this has changed i don't know but put but put a free 20k books out um so make like a little mini series if they take off and they get like a good sales rate um continue with that series if they don't move on to a new genre a new series um you know just move on to to a new product basically um Hmm. i mean it seems smart um i don't know (laughs) i just don't know how i mean it'd be not maybe nice to do that as an experiment on the side but i wouldn't Hmm. be that comfortable doing that under my own name yeah, I think I definitely like the idea of testing the water. I think that's one of the things it definitely has going for it. I mean, <clears throat> the idea of writing fast and putting things out there isn't a new idea. Yeah. Um, but obviously it seems to uh, have hit success with a, a few people and there are more and more people basing themselves on that model. But I love the idea of not wasting your time on, if you're trying to write to market, not wasting your time on a book that isn't going to hit what you want it to yeah. and finding that niche um, almost more quickly so it's kind of like throw a bunch of coins out there see which lands on heads um, yeah. and and go from that and i think that's quite a smart way of of looking at it yeah um so i mean not so, I mean, this is just one model as well i mean mm. so there's lots of different models out there um in the indie author business i, I definitely think uh we're looking more at a pulp business than mm. a literary fiction business. So you can't really put out one book every two years. <clears throat> it's just not really, it doesn't really work like that. Um, Especially if you're just starting out, you need to at least start getting some steam behind you. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at like Garrett Robinson, Garrett puts out uh, four books a year or so. And that's, you know, that's, that's pretty solid, I think. And his his work speaks for itself, gets lots of good reviews. It's very in in his niche in his market. Um, he's got his people, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, investing in his own IP, as it were, as his own characters. He's building that world out. Um, that's I would be more comfortable doing that than just writing to try and fill the wallet. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, because I feel like if you if you end up just doing that, okay, I'm gonna write twenty thousand words for this genre. People didn't like it. Okay, I'm gonna move on to this other genre eventually you're going to go to erotica <laughs> because that, that's what most <laughs> that's the way people make money um because that sell like crazy yeah um but then you like spending your time writing stuff that you don't even really want to read or like, mm. just like changing one day job for another and if you spend like it would ruin my uh love for creating stories if i was doing it completely for someone else it's like doing client work mm. but the thing is though and what i found was quite amazing was the fact that the so the series that he first produced which um i've completely forgotten the name of um 
Kufarian uh, Gambit or something like that. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that series itself, it's not really, or on the surface, I I wouldn't say that's a commercial book. It's weird, I would it's weird say, isn't it? Yeah, I, I Because he think... was saying himself about he struggled with his covers because it's a mix of sci-fi, supernatural, and yeah. other elements. I would say um, I think he has accidentally stumbled upon a niche and a, and a, and a readership. I don't think... He, uh, I don't think he could recreate that success as easily as he might think. <laughs> it's just my yeah. opinion. He may be able to. Um, I think it's a little bit of a unicorn success. And in this industry, people flock around unicorn success. Like it's, uh, I don't know, what do unicorns flock around? I mean, what do <laughs> Like, what fucks around unicorns? Yeah. Geese. Yeah, they, they fuck around like geese. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's definitely lessons to take away. Mm. And I think I'd, I'd, I wouldn't want to change like our business model completely. No, Just, so this is it. I mean, I wouldn't. From seeing what he has done and what other people have done around him, because one of the things that he is very, very good at. And one of the things which I'll, I'll give him unending credit for is the fact that he lives kind of by um, the ethos that we set within Hawk and Cleaver, which is a rising tide. Race, yeah. Uh, ships. Ships, yeah. Um, and he is, and he's working with other authors and he's helping bring in their success and the entire, I mean, if you go on the 20 books to 50 K group, it's just full of very, very supportive people that are willing to help, are willing to give advice. I've got, it is a great group. I will say it is. It's a very kind of, I'd say a very fluffy community. I don't like that, that, that word. <laughs> well, they <laughs> they, always... um, they uh, don't allow any knobbery. Like yes, dickishness. Dicks get kicked. Dicks get kicked. Is that the, the saying? No, but I'm going to try and suggest it in there. Yeah. Um, but no, you get a lot of uh, posts up of people that declare their thankfulness for the group, which I think is <laughs> very very cute. Um, and you get a lot of people who's like, ah, oh, I've been lurking for a while and I just wanted to say yeah. hi. And then those people will be like, hi. And it's all very, yeah. it's, it's almost cultish in a way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but where was I going with that? Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now. But I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee-pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? <sighs> get Pet Essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Michael is a great guy as well. I've watched a couple of videos yeah. and seen some interviews and... He does seem like one of the one of the nicest, coolest people in the world. So, you know, props to him. Yeah, um, yeah. we do want to try and get him on the show at some point to have a bit of a chat yeah. and, and see what he's got to say because it is a very interesting topic. And yeah, I think lessons that I've taken away from it is just in, well, if anything, it kind of makes me want to write 
faster myself, not to the point or not as far as these guys go. Um, but it kind of makes you see the competition in a way. Yeah. If, if there's a group of 4,000 people now trying to spew out books on a daily rate. Yeah. Start going, well, we need to start putting stuff out there. Otherwise, the market's going to get crowded, which I know is in a way stupid because the market is. Yeah, uh, I don't think you worry about that too much because it's one of those things of, you know, people sell bottled water. Like you can get water from the tap, but people still sell it. Like <laughs> you, you just have to build your own audience and and and, and keep going with that. Um I think one thing we do need to, one thing Michael would say that I've heard him say on many interviews is it's all about knowing what your mountain is. So for him, his mountain wasn't um, being the next Stephen King. His mountain was making $50,000 a year from his book so he could retire as quickly as possible. And he's, you know, been extremely efficient in getting to that. And he's helping other people get to that. But that, I don't think that's our mountain. Like, mm. our mountain is to make a decent living, I guess, from writing stories that we're really proud of. Yeah. And having just a fantastic portfolio to look at, like, yeah. say, 20, 30 years down the line. Yeah, so, exactly. So here's, here's the question then. Uh, what are the sort of boundaries do you think that people should work within in terms of whether they are trying to create quality content versus or the speed that they bring out so in what sense so in, so if they were looking to put together like a publishing schedule and yeah i guess um well i mean if you're doing this independently i think you do have to come to terms with the fact that this isn't the same publishing world as it was 10 years ago and there is an iterative element to it so you can put out a book um, if you get uh, a bad review for some editing mistakes or something like that, you can quite quickly fix that and, and re-upload the, the file. Um, so, I mean, you, you could, if you wanted to, just put out a first draft and then fix it from there. Um, that's not what I would do. I don't think that's what you would do. Um, I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but... yeah. Well, I think where I'm kind of going with it is, um, I mean, on that group itself, and again, I do, do just want to make this clear that I have the utmost respect for anyone that puts their heart into writing and anyone that wants to basically wear their hearts on their sleeves and puts out these stories. Um, but with <laughs> it's something that I'm very, very unused to is seeing people, I suppose, rush their products. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll go on that group sort of on a daily basis and see what's what's kicking about comment on some people and trying to help out where I can. But things like covers that I've seen that are very, very raw, need a lot of work. Mm. Um, and you get a lot of people sort of behind them and say they're fantastic. And I mean, I'm not kind of being snobbish here. I don't think. Um, well, you, so you've got, and so a lot of those people are a little bit older. <laughs> like they're, um, I was talking to Ben about this. Like they weren't brought up, uh, mm drinking from the fountain of Photoshop. Like we, <laughs> like we are a very design orientated generation. Um, we were brought up around Apple products, like <laughs> design, like it's always been like a, a big part of it. So I do think when we, when we look to do a cover, there's things that, yeah, I know what you mean. When I, when I see some covers on there and people are giving compliments, 
I do instantly think it's not. You're that, not helping. It's not them. that. Yeah, it's not not as good as you, you're saying it is. Um, and I do think a lot of those people would should spend some time or some money getting a proper cover designer. I think we can sort of uh, wangle it a bit because you know Ben is a graphic designer by trade. You work in marketing. I've been doing Photoshop stuff all my life. I mean, and Skip's in like a bit of a Photoshop wizard in terms of photo manipulation. It's mental, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and like, so I do feel like, um, I do feel like we're more, uh, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of, I can't say this without sounding like a bit of a dick. Like, <laughs> you can go for it. How would you get kicked out of the group? <laughs> Oh no, dicks will get kicked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my dick to get kicked. Um, <laughs> we are more aesthetically minded. Yeah. Which is, is this, that's just the way it is for us. And it'll be more so for the next generation, I'm afraid. And they'll have, they'll have Photoshop on their phones that will do, that will make covers within a couple of like clicks and they'll look That'd beautiful. They'll look amazing. Um, Voice activated. Exactly, yeah. It's just the way it's going to go, I'm afraid. Um, yeah. But I do think we should dispel the myth that writing quickly uh, equals like a diminished quality of writing. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, when you first start writing and you're first doing like 500 words and it takes you as long as it does, um, when you see other people writing that quickly, you can instantly think, oh, well, they must be writing shit. Yeah. Um, I got an email... Um, from a like a, a newsletter, which I really love this newsletter, uh, but they were it's from a comic book writer, and he was saying um, he would only work on one script uh, a month or something. He sees his, sees his other peers doing like seven scripts a month, and he he says he can't imagine those scripts are as good a quality as those people were doing one script a month. I don't think that's true. No, you there's there's far too many variables in terms of the writer how many hours they're putting into these scripts themselves. Like, um, I mean, there's, you can't sort of, I don't think you can really say that. You can only say that about yourself. You can't really say that about mm. anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the example of um, people like Stephen King famously pants their pot and literally just take yeah. each page and just tear through it once that's done, they're finished. And I mean, he says himself in on writing, he only really goes back for a sort of brief edit just yeah. to kind of tidy things up. Um, and he, he can write at speed. And even uh, people like <clears throat> Michael Bunker yeah. and um, Hugh Howie Must Die, famously, that was that was a weekend, right, that he wrote that in? Or was it a week? Uh, a no, no, weekend, really. I think. Yeah, I think it was a weekend, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, wrote a full full novel in, in a weekend and gave it the, the smallest of edits, but it's still very much a quality book, very, very wacky. Yeah. But, so I've got yeah. a list here. Um the six famous books that were written in, I think it's under, uh, under a month. So the boy in the striped pajamas. That's mm-hmm. a proper literary novel, I think, isn't it? Um, yeah. On the on the road, which is one of my favourite books. Um, that does kind of re- read like it was written very quickly, but that's just the <laughs> style. Uh, you know, a study in Scarlet, the first Sherlock Holmes book, was written in three weeks. Um, uh, the Gambler by Dostoevsky was written in twenty six days. And these are like uh, literary masterpieces. And these are written so quickly. So you really can't say that, that speed equals quality. Or uh, the longer you take, the better it will be. Uh, Dean Wesley Smith's been um, blogging recently about 
how lazy modern writers are. So he was brought up in a time of like more uh, pulp fiction writers who were writing, uh, you know, a novel every other week. And uh, he was saying how he writes about uh, a thousand words an hour, which isn't fast, not, not compared to a lot of people. Like I think I can do about at a push 1500 words an hour. Yeah. I think I average around 1250. Yeah. Um, so he's not particularly fast. He says when he writes as well, he doesn't write, doesn't twitch type he pecks at the keyboard with his one finger <laughs> so he's quite oh, like this, i know yeah can you imagine he's a fairly slow writer per hour but he writes like eight hours a day so yeah, he yeah. says so he does he puts in a 40 hour uh work week and he comes away with about forty thousand words but he writes very clean drafts as well but uh so he has been doing this a long time um yeah, yeah. people like um dean Koontz as well famously mm. wakes up at i think he says five or six a.m. and then just writes on through till five or six p.m. So so exactly. So someone who's written like a novel in a month, it can seem kind of ludicrous. But mm. but if they're putting in the hours and they're good writers, they, they can they can do that. That's fine. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, I, I don't want it to like. I, I realize that some parts of this episode seem like we're bashing the group, and we're really really not. It's I think it's a good um, debating topic because there's a lot of people trying to find success in indie mm. in indie publishing and obviously we're we're of those people as well um and like you say there are various different ways that people can do it and everyone's of a different quality and you know good luck to anyone that wants to do it their way whether they want to take three years to write the perfect novel or hammer yeah. out six in a week it's yeah i think uh, I, i'm happy with the pace we're working at um i mean i'd like to maybe do the second draft bits a bit quicker uh, but, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, I think four novels a year. I know I'm trying to I'm trying to do six books this year, but I think four novels a year is is pretty awesome. Like it has to be said, that's that's a good pace. Um, hmm. Especially with everything else we're working on as well. It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like the whole there's the the podcast stuff, the Kickstarter stuff. Um, yeah. We've got a fair bit to work on. <laughs> Um, but yeah it's yeah i think um oh yeah that's what i was gonna say sorry um i think uh so there's two people in that group uh cm raymond and uh lee barbant i want to say um they i think are in a similar position to us where they kind of want to do the 20 books to 50k method of writing and publishing really quickly but these are um I, I would say literary novelists at heart. So they want their prose to, to be really lovely and, and to sing and to have great description. And I think they're struggling to uh, reconcile those two elements of publishing quickly in this indie, pulpy manner and making stuff that they're proud of. Yeah. I think if I was to start over, I'd definitely look at that method and probably be a lot faster in my production schedule um but i think yeah just because we got into it a bit earlier well even even in my heart i guess i'm a bit of a perfectionist but um it's definitely something i'd consider now yeah yeah i think um i would probably do it under a pen name mm. do you try and do like a 20k book every month so that's that's like um a, a third of a novel really yeah. for what we do um 
and maybe maybe I'll try that next year. I don't know, but I feel like I don't really want to change what we're doing right now. No, not yet. No, anyway. I think one of the things um, with Hawk and Cleaver that I certainly sometimes take for granted is the fact that because there are four of us and we're all producing stuff, it's if one of us releases something that bounces the Hawk and Cleaver name, and then the rest of us get a bit of attention as well. So yeah, it's constantly people drawn to one one unit. I think we, we've chosen a um, a strategy, and it'd be stupid to change halfway through. Mm. And also, like this isn't our only um, the only arm of our money making tactics. Um, so I was telling you, Dan, um, Russell Nolte of Wannabe Press. He writes books and publishes books, and uh, he he does this completely differently. So he doesn't he doesn't really touch the whole indie author keyboards and 20 books 50k style writing fast he he writes about um i think he publishes maybe a book every uh, so i'm talking about like a graphic novel or a fiction book maybe once every 6 months but he tends to kickstart them and he sells them at, at cons or conventions and he's doing fairly he's doing fine just doing that so mm. like th- there's other ways to there's more than one way to Skinner, Skinner cat, slug, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Skinner slug, slick yeah. Skinner geese that are wrapped around a unicorn, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's just it, indie publishing is difficult. Um, I think full stop when you are trying to get started. Um, and I definitely think it's worth exploring the sort of different methods that you can go for when when you're looking at starting up. Um, I mean, would you? What would you do differently if you were to be starting from now? Would this be something you'd, you'd consider? Or uh, so I definitely think I would publish as quickly as possible. But um, yeah, so I think I would write smaller uh, mm. in terms of smaller length works, and I'd, I'd probably try and do like uh, twelve months of publishing every month a 20k and upwards book um and i would i would try and get into the habit of publishing even if i'm not quite sure if something is that good um something i've learned more and more is that you're really not the best judge of your own work um there's some things that i think i've done that are fantastic and people are like <laughs> yeah it's okay i guess <laughs> and then yeah. there's, there's stuff i wasn't sure about so um our latest uh, theme for the other stories is the space one the, the 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 story i wrote tusk i wrote that on the way to lincoln um and i wrote it really quickly because i was trying to do it for that challenge um and i was like just get it out of there it's it's just get it written it's not it's going to be pretty shit i wasn't too happy with the idea wasn't too happy with the execution um and then we published it the other day and then we got someone messages to say it was one of their favorite episodes so you yeah. so we, you're really not the best judge of your own work. So sometimes you just have to get a load of stuff out there to just sort of test the water and see what, what people like, what, what you can do, what, what resonates and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you ever, have you ever had it where you have written something that you think is amazing, even if it's just a paragraph and you hand it to someone and their face doesn't change and they just, they just rub it <laughs> off like it's nothing. And then you just, you just feel your heart sink into the gutter. Uh, yeah, probably. I think I'm at the Me point neither. now. Where I'd, I'd, <laughs> I think I'm probably at the point now where it's like, um, if something doesn't get like a a, a good 
I think I'm, I'm quite good now at just recognizing what's working and what isn't by the reactions people are giving me. So I can tell normally something isn't good when you're not really getting much of a reaction. Yeah. <laughs> like normally things are, are good when like people are saying, oh yeah, this is okay. <laughs> oh, this is pretty cool. That's when yeah, you know yeah. something's probably working. It's radio silence. Yeah. Is- if, if they're just kind of like dispassionately saying, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's okay. Yeah. You're like, oh, that is shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, we could use the, um, the 20 books 50k method just with the other story stories yeah and just churn out everything under the sun and then we just go on a holiday for a few months and leave it all to carl <laughs> oh poor guy yeah. yeah bless him yeah um okay so i think we're we're sort of getting towards the end mm-hmm. um i would is there anything we wanted to say towards the end i mean i just want to reiterate that we are not knocking <laughs> those guys. We think they're amazing. We think it's a, a, a like, flipping fantastic community. Um, it re- yeah, it really is. If you any questions that you need on there, just literally post it on the wall, and you're guaranteed yeah. to have sort of ten responses in five minutes. It's... And, and also, Michael is is constantly in there talking to people. Like you're you're in there, and you're talking to uh, six figure author authors mm. who, you know, they're they're doing it. They're making it work. Um, and they're very honest and open about their approaches. I remember just one guy, I can't for the life of me remember his name, but showed his current covers for his book and how fantastic they looked. And then someone was asking about sort of startup covers and he showed the first covers and they were, they literally looked like they've been put together in paint. Yeah. But it's grounding to see that you can, that is a method that works. You can go from, you know, I'm working with the limitations of what I got and not everyone's lucky enough to have the money behind them or the skill behind them or someone there to lend a hand. So sometimes you do have to really bootstrap and a lot yeah. of people struggle sometimes to see the success in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it. Uh, I think uh, one of the biggest takeaways is you just have to use whatever resources you've got available to you at the time. Um, and that, that's all you can do. And then the next time make it a little bit better. And then the next time after that, make it a little bit better. And um, I just think of like uh I always go back to Garrett. I feel like Garrett's a bit of a, a mentor at the minute because I'm doing the whole writing Wednesday things with him and, and everything. And yeah, he, yeah. Um, when I, his first book covers for uh, Nightblade were were okay. They were okay. They weren't amazing. <laughs> they were just okay. And these latest ones are like the uh, the commissioned artwork. Uh, they just look. Are they the ones that look like old leather bound books? Yeah, they, they just look. Yeah. They just look so good, and it just it, it just makes you think. Oh, I can't wait to see in five years' time what our catalog looks like i remember when yeah. sterling and stone did a whole upgrade of all their covers in about remember the unicorn western ones yeah yeah <laughs> the yeah. new covers are really good <laughs> like it was, a, it was about a space of two weeks they upgraded all of their covers and it was like suddenly their business their books Dude. just looked they just looked so pro like very very suddenly the, the original cover for yesterday's gone yeah it's it was like, like the, the yellow road. strips and the, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember looking at that because I think I, I started listening to him just before they changed that cover. And the new cover is incredible. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's weird because at the minute I can't – I love our cover so much that I can't see what the next one will be. But then I imagine it will be something along the lines of um, – oh, what was Ryan – was it Ryan Carter? Ryan, Ryan Casey. He's Ryan got Casey. like uh, these post-apocalyptic books. Uh, it's like an EMP style book. And – um. I can't tell if they're like photo manipulated or if they're like illustrated, but yeah, but, but either way they look really, they look so, so lovely and so nice. And I can kind of see us doing something similar. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. That'd be yeah. cool. 
Yeah, cool. All right. Well, uh, I don't think we've ended this podcast too negatively. <laughs> then again, if any of those guys are listening, I think they they understand that it's all part of the discussion. Um, that we're probably we're probably openly talking about stuff that they're thinking in their heads. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, maybe. Otherwise, I'm going to go on Facebook later, and I'm just going to be rejected from the group. <laughs> yeah, you've been kicked but, out. No, honestly, you have been the top most respect kicked. for everyone. I've been kicked in the dick. <laughs> but no, I, I don't. If if something's working for someone, not everyone works within the same limitations, and everyone's different. So, good luck to anyone that wants to pour their heart and soul into a book. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, thank you to Disaster Piece for the intro and outro music. Thank you for ACAS for hosting the podcast. Thank you for the listeners for listening, and thank you to Daniel Wilcox, my co uh, my co host, my co host <laughs> for being here. Because without you, I would be alone. Uh, thank you very much. You and say- check out our Patreon. Oh yeah, check out our <laughs> Patreon. Uh, you will get early access to episodes. Uh, you get all of our books for free, and a live Q and A once a month. We need to start doing that, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it will happen. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank Bye. You. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories? Oh, and did you know? Every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records.